Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to start us off in John 10 and take us right to Revelation 3.14. Welcome to the broadcast, Pastor James. Thank you, Dorothy. Glad to be here again. That means I'm still here in the land of the living. That means I got another day to get it right. This thing they call life. How's your day going? Oh, it's been okay. Been fighting computers and tablets and allergies, but I'm still here. I'm overcoming. Amen. Amen. And something I don't understand. I've got a computer. I I got a laptop. I'm starting to learn a little bit of difference. And I got a uh, a tablet. And I can't. I mean, to me, it's the same thing. Just uh, the parts. Well, doesn't matter. All I do if I can Google, I'm happy. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I operate everything. Google, Google. Oh, I got to be careful because even though I say something like that, my phone will come on. I know. Google Assistant. <laughs> so let me make sure I don't say anything too long, too loud. <laughs> well, as I said, we're getting ready to go into uh, John, the 10th chapter, starting with the first verse. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about before we get in there is that how important it is for the first rule to be done, the first rule of all kingdomdom is one, and that is repent. So for the kingdom of God is at hand, repent. A lot of people do not realize how that is so important. That was opened up portals. The portals were opened at the word of repent. In other words, have a change of mind. Don't do like you used to do. Don't do those things and try to figure out things. As I tell people, my church will tell you that the Lord has blessed me with I always tell them, stop trying to figure things out. The word says, lean not to your own understanding. What does that mean? Stop figure, trying to figure things out. God doesn't think the same way we do. His ways are not our ways. Neither is his thoughts like our thoughts. Well, people are trying to say, well, look at it. He has emotions and all this. Yes, he did, but he created those things. He operates in and outside those kind of rules, but we can't. He's God. We're not. And because of that, when we try to figure out things, the devil says, oh, I got a legal right. They think they're trying to take over your position. Even though we'll say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I'm telling you, I used to spend like 14 hours a day trying to figure out God. And then this rabbi came along with a question and says, what's God? <laughs> what God? There's no words to describe it. There's nothing you can think of or say that describes God. God is God is God. That's why he said, I, I am that I am. I will be what I will be. You can't figure me out. You can't put me in a box. Just like with healing and stuff, people say, well, if you do this, one, two, three, then you'll get healed. No. It's all about what the Holy Spirit tells you. The Holy Ghost will be talking, and you got to be able to flow in the Holy Ghost. And sometimes he doesn't talk. So then what do you do? You know, 
That's why it's so important to know the word, for then the word can flow through you. And that's where the Holy Ghost is. That's where the Holy Spirit is. That's where Jesus is. That's where the Father is. He is the word. That's why it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. Because everything is made by the word. It's either written or spoken. They call it logos when they say write, written, and they call it rhema when it is spoken. Everything operates by frequency, vibration, and sound. And once you get the understanding of that, and that you're not in charge, but the Holy Ghost is in charge, or the Holy Spirit when it's in you, he's the one that's in charge. And you need to be able to relax so that it's called the rest in the Bible where you can flow in the Holy Spirit. But you got to you got to work at that. It's not an overnight thing how to stop your mind from thinking and let the Holy Spirit be able to speak to you. It takes practice. So anyway, here we are. Uh John the tenth chapter and the first verse. I verily, verily I say unto you, he that enters not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbs some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, what is that talking about? Let me, because we most time we read things and we just keep on over it and we don't pay attention to what it's talking about. When it's when that is being read, it says those that work witchcraft, any other way of uh, voodoo, uh, uh, roots or any of the other stuff is a thief and a robber. God tells they're not did not come in legal. They're uh, working with the devil. So you got two ways. Either you come in through Christ, and He's called uh, knowledge. That's why He said, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." Or you come through the devil, which you are a thief and a robber. But He, the second verse. But he that enters in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Well, that that word shepherd is another word for lamim, which is a Hebrew letter, which is, I told you, God's word vibrates, frequency, and makes sounds. So when we're talking about the shepherd, we're talking about lamim. Okay, I'll explain that later on. It says, to him, the portal is open, and the sheep hears his voice, vibration, sounds. Uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For he knows, for they know his voice, and a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him. But they know not the voice of a stranger. In other words, when Jesus, this is one of the prayers that I pray. I'm just teaching out some of the things that I knew, and I, I get blessed. When I'm praying, I ask the Lord to go ahead of me, behind me, each side of me, and inside of me. In other words, I don't want to lead myself. I don't want to try to figure things out. I want to be a, a follower. That's what we are called disciples. We are a follower. Now, here's the thing. Next here, there's four levels. And I'm going to give a quick thing on the four levels. 
There's the basic level where God says that is green, and that's what it is. The color is green. That's it. You don't have to figure out nothing. Then there's the parable level. And the parable level is made up of a story that hides things. And then there's the third level, what's illustration, that uh, he'll use something to illustrate something else he's getting ready to do, like when he talks about the fig tree. The fig tree is an illustration. That's why when he went, uh, according to Mark, when he went up to the fig tree to get, get some figs to eat, he knew it wasn't time of figs because, first of all, it, 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 there's a certain time when the fig tree will start to bring forth fruit, but it wasn't time. But he went up there because he saw leaves on that tree, and the leaves are supposed to come in after the fruit has been, as the fruit has been uh, brought forth first. But he went up there, and when he found that the uh, fig tree did not have any figs, he cursed the fig tree. He cursed it, and it died. But that's an illustration of Israel and the uh, temple. That's what he was cursing. And when he got to the temple, he turned over the the tables and stuff. He uh, was cursing the uh, temple at that time. And in 70 AD, the temple died. And from that point on, there has never been another temple for the Jews until, in fact, it still hasn't happened yet. They're waiting to do this. So let's keep on reading here. It says, this parable spoke Jesus unto them, but they understood it not what things they were which he spoke unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, witchcraft, witches, soothsayers, all those things. I've got a word from God. Yeah, most of them don't. The only God they got is the God of this world. But the sheep did not hear them. Those, those are faithful who knew the word. They don't listen to these things. They said, they figured that, hey, whatever God says is good enough for me. Then it says, uh, the ninth verse, I am the door. And that means knowledge. That's the word. It's whenever you hear the word door in Hebrew, it means knowledge. I am the knowledge. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge will get you saved. He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. What is that talking about? Uh, Psalms 23. As I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself, but you got to take time to study it. The thief comes not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. How do you get it? The more you read, you ain't got to memorize the Bible. All you do is read and the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. And then he'll use what uh, Isaiah, the 28th chapter, said about precept upon precept. He will build the understanding that you need. He will build the knowledge that you need to receive. He will give you understanding. It says, uh, the 10th verse, it says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you might have life. Life is the Hebrew word called check and that they might have it more abundantly. Everything of the Hebrew word after it will explain itself if you take your time to understand. 
It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd uh, who own the sheep are, let's see here, the sheep are not. Seeing the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and care not for the sheep. In other words, if you're truly for God's people, that's what you that's where you get your good deeds at. Doing good one for another. A lot of people are selfish and they won't admit they're selfish and need to change. It's all about them, but they say, Oh no, I'm for everybody. No, you're not. All you do is listen to your conversation. If you listen to your own conversation, you will find out a lot of people are selfish. It says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so now I, the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not in this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. In other words, there's only one God, and the God that we serve is the God of the world, of the word. The more you understand that, the more you'll see how the word will work and that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can give you understanding. You can't figure this thing out. All right. Then it says, therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again? No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. See, when God tells you something twice, better pay attention, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You notice he said this commandment. He didn't say this is a law or anything. He gave this power unto the Word. That's who Jesus was, the Word. And if you keep your eye on Jesus, you'll hear the Word, and you'll understand that it's the Word that changes things. It's the Word that changes your reality. It's the word that gives you power, but only when God says, I can trust you. This is what you got to do. You got to earn God's trust. There was a division among them again, the 19th verse. The Jews for them saying, and many of them said, he has a devil and is mad. Why hear you him? When you're walking with the Lord, a lot of times people thought you'd have lost your mind. They think that you, you you ain't really hearing from God because they think the way they think they're selfish. Instead, instead of saying, wait a minute, God might be telling something, I better listen. Others said, they, are they not the words of him that has a devil? Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Now, you notice back in the uh, ninth chapter where he talks about the blind, uh, blind man, how his eyes was open. And like he said, he said, I don't know if he's a, a good man or a, a bad man, but I know I was blind and now I can see. Signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what the Bible's all about. That's what Jesus is all about. His disciples about signs, wonders, and miracles. And it says, have you ever heard, back in the ninth chapter, have you ever heard of a man born blind and able to get his eyesight back? And yet still, when he prayed for this man, he was born blind and was able to get his eyesight back. And then the, 
the uh, the man made a comment. He said, you know, God don't answer the prayers of a sinner. He ain't, ain't about to answer no prayer. Somebody praying for somebody to get their eyes sight back. They're not going able to do it. Only the righteous, those that have, it says, the feverish prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Stop trying to put your interpretation and stuff and let the Bible interpret itself. Then it says, 22nd verse, it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked into the temple of Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, How long does you make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered and said, I told you. And you believe me not, the works that I do in my Father's authority, it's what name means, authority, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hears my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What the word hand means, out of, the, out of my thought. My thought, my Father's, when he says my Father's hand is upon you, that means God's thinking about you. His thoughts are right with you, but you have to be able to agree with him. You have to walk with him. And this is why it's so hard, because mankind always want to figure out things instead of just, hey, Lord, you God, I'm not. And that's it. Don't add no more to it. Don't subtract no more for it. For in the 30th verse, it says, I and my Father are one. That means we agree in one. We think as one. The Father has the plan. He thinks it toward his Son who speaks the plan, which is the word, which the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God moves upon those things, and that's how things are created. They're only of one. There's only one God, and He, his name is nowhere we can even pronounce. We pronounce the Son's name when we say, you hey, Bahe, but we're actually saying the character or the nature of God acts according to these letters, which is in the Hebrew language which is the Hebrew alphabet. And the Jews answered him, saying, For good works we stone thee not, for, but for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. A lot of times when we walk as the children of the truth, of the truth, which is the real God, the God of truth, a lot of people think, oh, no, no, you blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You blaspheming. You cannot be walking that close with God. You don't know. God can do whatever he wants to do. And Jesus answered them and said, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God. That means more than one. If you call them God unto whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken, in other words, the Bible interprets itself, say you unto him whom the Father has sanctified and said unto the word, the world, uh, and sent into the world that blasphemous because I say I am the son of God 
you notice in Psalms, I mean, in uh, John, the ninth chapter, he said, talk to the blind man, he said, who do you think I am? Do you think, do you really believe I am the son of God? He said, I don't even know who the son of God is. He said, now you have seen him and have heard him. He said, I believe. And he worshiped. The Bible tells us not to worship anybody but God. So who was Jesus? He, the spirit of Jesus, was inside of him and that he was God. They didn't recognize him. He came for a visitation to see if the Jews, the Jews were living right, that people were living right. He came to find faith on the earth. He didn't see it the first time. I hope he'll see it on this second tour. This is why we have to live righteous lives. We have to do those things without kind of uh, trying to uh, figure stuff out. Not keep going over that over and over again. Stop trying to figure things out. I have a lady now that I'm hoping she's listening. She said, uh, she figured that she's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. No, you have to consciously know what's going on, that God's Spirit did a miracle, and you knew, and you were saved, that you knew that it was a miracle by God, and you said the devil did it. But I'm trying to tell you, God is not a God who's sitting there with a hammer and a uh, uh, a sword trying to kill you. He looks at his children with pity. He's trying to get us to be on the right road. The Bible says that Adam and Eve was deceived. That's what the devil does. He comes to deceive, and he's good at his job. So I have to adjust myself a little bit here. So that's why we go to the word. We read the word. We put the word in us. We eat the words. The word is life, and it Gives you, gives you strength. All right. Let's look at the uh, 37. It says, if I do not the work of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe in the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me. Remember I, I told you how to pray? And I in him. I have to be in me, around me, the several directions for him to lead and guide me, and that I'm supposed to just follow. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. And he went up again beyond Jordan into a place where John first baptized, and there he, he abode or lived. The word abode is another word for the Hebrew alphabet, Beth or dwelling place. I tell you, once you understand that Hebrew alphabet, oh, it makes the word come to life. It comes to life. It says, and just like they were beyond Jordan, what is Jordan? It means before the judgment. In other words, God is steady warning us. First of all, repent, get baptized, and abode in the word. In other words, Keep walking in the word. It says, for many resorted, many resorted unto him and said, did, uh, said, said, John did no miracles, but all things that John spoke of this man was true. The word truth means emit, emit. If you take away the truth, you got death. How do you take away truth? You move that first Hebrew letter out of the way and 
you say the second word, which is death. That's why he said life and death is in the power of the tongue. The more you understand, the more you receive the word, and the more you believe the word, it will operate for you. All right. Well, I just want to see if anybody's got any questions or any comments. All you do is push one on your phone, and that will open up the line so where you can ask questions. And I'll be able to know about it, and I will answer them as many as I can, and we'll continue on to finish up. For, as I said, John spoke of this man was true, and many believed on him there. As a uh, 30-second verse. That's what God wants. He wants people to believe that his word is truth and that his word will work. The worst thing, I have, uh, I have a brother, and the one thing he hates is somebody to lie on him. He cannot stand a liar. And I didn't understand when I was younger what, what difference does it make somebody lie on you. But it's, it's a assault to your character. And now that I got older, I I don't like nobody that lies on me. I don't, I can't stand it. And I understand how God feels. He doesn't want nobody to lie on him either. But the good thing about him, he'll have the last word. <laughs> so whatever you think and whatever you say against God, remember, he will have the last word. All right. Now we're going to, uh, it's kind of hard for me to leave this thing alone because there's so much in the book of John, so much that if a man will just walk in the word or a woman that would walk in the word and just receive it, just receive it, it will change your life. It, the word has changed my, my outlook on things, uh, the things that uh, people ask me about questions and stuff. I can't figure this out. But I listen to the Lord. What he tells me, I just say it. I don't have to understand it. I just say it. And like a friend of mine named Rhonda, she made a comment the other day about she used to prophesy to people. And then she wanted to try to figure it out and tell the people what it means. And she found out the Lord let her know to stop trying to, don't add nothing and don't subtract nothing. God is the one who said it. And if he wants you to interpret it, he'll give it to you. If not, he'll give somebody else the interpretation. And it may not be right then. It might be down the road before that person gets the interpretation. All right. Let's turn over to Revelation, the fourth chapter, I mean, third chapter and the 14th verse. Is that right, Dorothy? Yes, that's correct. Okay, anybody calling in yet? No, no hands up. Okay. Well, trying to get people to, to get into the, of the conversation because whatever you speak, it's written down in heaven. Everybody's given account, either by good or bad. Every idle word, you got to give an account. Went up. Okay. Area code 816. Your mic is open. Hello? Code 
Did you push the mute button on your phone? Sorry about that. Hi, I have a question about soul side. Okay, go ahead and ask. Kind of off topic, but I was talking to a friend um, yesterday, and she feels like there's a connection with an ex-spouse that she just can't seem to shake the, and it's not helpful <laughs> for her, and so she's she's just not sure what how to take care of that so that she's not improperly bound to this person anymore. Okay, that is a good question. A lot of things people don't teach too much about soul ties, but soul ties have your emotions. And that's the main thing. The emotions is how they hook up with you. They have a spiritual hook. It just below the uh, cranium, around into the uh, back of your back. It's right. It's a ball of bones there. But in that ball of bones, they have spiritual uh, cords. That's the best I can tell you. Spiritual cords. And what you got to do is first of all repent for the emotions that you have for that person and then have those things cut by a the sword of the spirit, which is the, the word of God. Now, most times we use the Bible and say we cut the uh, uh, soul pads all the way down to the ground. What you're actually doing is changing the thought life in yourself, and you're helping that other person by cutting the thought life that's in them. So in other words, when you said I cut the soul pads all the way to the, to the ground, you're cutting those cords. And just like there is a cord called the silver cord of witchcraft. There's all kinds of cords that hook this up. If you if you see the energy that'll be going around us, it's steady vibrating. Vibrating. And so you got all these spirits that's hooked up to these things, and you also have angels that are around you at all times. And this is why you learn to speak what is being said. In other words, use the gospel. Use the gospel. And the word gospel, people always say it means the good news. Yeah, it's one of the words for good news. But it also means to prophesy. Speak those things as though they were in existence already and destroy the work of the devil. Speak blessings in people's lives and not curses in people's lives. See, the more you understand that, the more you do what you're supposed to do, the more the blessings will come. So as far as your friend, first of all, she needs to find scriptures that will help change her emotion, change things in her, you know, uh, that she does not get tricked again, deceived again to being back with this that is not good for her. Learn. They have somebody take the Bible and put it over her and say, I destroy all soul ties, all soul ties. That's why we cut from the back of the person's neck all the way to the ground. That's what we're doing, destroying all soul ties. And then refill yourself with the word of God, you know, where it says uh, there's some that trust in horses and some trust in flesh. But I trust in the name of the Lord. I trust in his thoughts. 
change those things that's against you and go for vibrating positive words of vibration from the word of God. Did I help you? Um, okay. I'm just trying to figure out. Okay. Here's here. Okay. When I, when I hear that, I'm thinking this person's experience with the person that's the soul tie with was incredibly negative and incredibly damaging um, because that person is, I mean, hurt people, hurt people, right? Right. The ex-spouse was very wounded and did not receive healing and didn't receive deliverance and didn't receive what they needed. And so they caused a lot of pain, of course, in their spouse. And so my friend has all this pain from this uh, series of many years of experiences. And um, it's hard. I'm not sure how to help her with, like, uh, there's this, uh, this challenge I'm having with the realities, the current reality. I don't know. I'm calling things that are not as though they are. I always wonder if that what that's talking about really like um, that's um, why we call it prophesy which means the foretalk of something that's going to happen everything's already done that's, just, that's too much for me to explain right now Every, right. even this conversation we're having we already had it well I know that I know that God isn't bound by time so um, that's that I don't have a problem really with that understanding, but okay, this, how do you call things that are not, is it, do we just really need to pay attention to the things about ourselves and our futures and our children's futures that have, I mean, what do you do with all these negative experiences with this person? I don't want to be negative about them and I don't want my friend to be negative about them. I just really want to figure out how to speak about someone that's caused tremendous pain that doesn't seem like they're really interested in healing. How mm-hmm. do you, what is the best way to refer to that person so that I don't Have want them. to agree with the enemy over someone? I hear you. What you do I'm, is you have that friend of yours find scriptures in the book of Proverbs and in Psalms that will vibrate positive, positive thinking. People say, well, that's just mental mental change. Listen, you don't know how God created this thing. I don't know either. He didn't ask my permission on how to make a tree. He didn't ask for any information. I'm just telling you to tell your friend, this will work. It will okay. make the parts that, uh, uh, that have been comfortable being in pain be uncomfortable. And they'll be wanting to leave. The more you use the scriptures, the more the vibration as you speak. You can't just read it. You have to speak these things. When you speak into the air, you cause vibration. So that's why the word is already written for us to speak these words. When it talks about David, it says David was a man after God's own heart. Well, one of the things that will help you is Psalms 18. Go read it and give that to your friends. Psalms 18. Psalm and 18. then Psalms 19. 
which declares the works of God. So 18 and 19 is what you need to give your friend. Okay, I'm marking it right now so I don't forget. Okay. Psalms 18 and Psalms 19. Thank you so much. And that will be just the beginning of the transition or the or the new road that your friend will be on, and it will change as they stay on that road of the word. So she needs to read read this out loud and then learn it well enough to just say it out loud. Say it out loud as you read it. Okay. And then put your faith that what he says, even if it don't make sense, whatever the word says, believe it. Okay. All right. I'm marking it and right you. now. Okay, thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. All right. Anyone else out there with any questions, all you have to do is push one on your telephone, and they will let uh, Dorothy know that you're on the end and that I'm willing to answer your questions. Let me see. Any other questions or comments? Because I'm always willing to listen to somebody else's interpretation. But like I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself, or like my friend used to say, it explains itself, which is true. It is true. That's why Peter says the Bible is not left up to any private interpretation. If you let what it says, Isaiah the twenty eighth chapter, you want knowledge, this is how you get knowledge. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here little, there little. But if you don't have faith with it, trust what the word says, then that same thing will become a trap to you and you'll fall backwards and not really understanding. And you'll be in that that mode or that trap that always says, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And it's the truth that will make you free. All right. If we don't have any more here, no more questions. Uh, Deborah, do you have anything you'd like to say today? Okay. I forgot I have my friend here. She's here to help me, uh, Deborah Ross. I do have one question. I know that when you cut these soul ties, there are some good soul ties, but there are also ungodly soul ties. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. I'm, Scott. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because as I said, you want to surround yourself with the word that's going to bring forth blessings. You want to surround yourself with the word that's going to bring forth healing. You want to surround yourself to where God's going to look at you and hearing what you're saying and that, you'll, that that word will come first before the throne room. And God can do all, everybody at the same time. So there is never that he's too busy, can't hear my prayer. No. He, he hears all the prayers at the exact same time. But sometimes you get priority by your obeying what the word says. All right. Well, anybody else? I'm giving you another chance. All you have to do is push one. Uh, do you have any more comments? Okay. All you have to do is push one, and it will put you on the air. All right. Do you have any comments, uh, Dorothy? Uh, no, other than 
you know, find the promises of God for his children in Scripture. And, you know, three-by-five cards are neat little things. You can put little things, notes and reminders around on the fridge or whatever to remind you. And just, you know, so often we lose our sense of who we are in Christ and all that means. That means we have access to the emotional healing that we need and, the, you know, all that other stuff. That's the only thing I've got. Okay. Sorry. You know, it is so good because I, I, used, uh, I was married. My wife is dead now. And she used to take uh, sticky notes and put it on the icebox, put it on the mirror in the bedroom and stuff, and in the bathroom. And those things was what, before she died, she had this testimony that she affected so many lives that people's lives were changed because of her. And I believe because of those notes that she wrote to herself changed her to change others. I'm telling you, it, her funeral, when I went to it, it was packed out. In fact, they had to start it about an hour early so so many people can get there saying how much she changed their life. All right. Let's get to Revelation, the third chapter, and the 14th verse. Revelation, the third chapter, and the 14th verse. Now, a lot of people have been asking me questions. Where are the horses right now? The horses riding? The answer is no. The book of Revelation, the only part that's being fulfilled right now is from uh, Revelation 1 through the book of uh, chapter 4. But the writers and all this stuff has not happened. It's called the birth pains. You don't have a baby just because, boom, there's a baby. You have to go through something, and it was called birth pains. And God used that as an illustration. Yeah, I'm not saying the parable now. As an illustration what was going to happen in the last days. So we know we're in the last days. He said that uh, when we see the fig tree starting to bloom, then we know that the time is near. What was the fig tree? Israel. Israel stopped being a nation in 70 AD. But since that time, up until 1948, there was never a temple in Israel again. They were not a nation. They were cursed. But now, as in 1948, they came to life. Why 1948? Because Abraham was born 1948 B.C. God has a reason for everything, a purpose for everything. That's why the book of uh, 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 Ecclesiastics, there's a time and a season for everything and a purpose for everything. That's why I tell people, just ride. Be like you're going into a, a river. Don't try to swim upstream trying to swim. Just relax. Flow down with the river. All right. Let's get to Revelation, the third chapter, and the 14th verse. It says, unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things, says the amen. What does the word amen? It means truth. It's another word for emit. In other words, uh, when you start reading the word amen or I am, it's talking about truth, 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 truth. And the word Laodicean 
it means a people-ran church. In other words, they don't stop being spiritual. They're working in the flesh. They're they trying to operate on what they can see. And the Bible tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm trying to tell y'all, the easiest way to walk with God is just believe that his word is. And, that's, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently, that means not half-heartedly, diligently seek him. I know a lot of people are caught up on gospel songs, and they'll be listening to them, and, oh, man, they, it lifts my soul and everything. But you should compare. Is it better to lift your soul listening to the songs, or is it better to know what the word says? Measure it out. Yes, the songs are good, but I'm trying to tell you, most times, I'm gonna, would I rather listen to the song, somebody singing a song and making my heart feel good, because that's what it says, singing songs and spiritual songs, to making your heart happy. But I, I really have knowledge. Knowledge is so much more. But as I say, it's up between you and God. All right. Now let me continue here. Turn over at. This is. These things says, Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. Now, a lot of people say, Well, Jesus is not a created being. Yes, he is. Before, when he was just God, it was nothing but God here. We, have, we call it a tenth heaven. There was nobody here but him. And the first thing he did was spoke, or he thought the plan out of his mind to create another being like himself. That's why God said that the Son and I are one. That's why the Son says, I and the Father are one. He is a created being, all right? And that's why it says here, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you be cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. God is saying, listen, get on, get on the right road. There's two roads, one that leads to destruction and one leads to eternal life. The one that leads to destruction is full of, 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 of uh, different splinters to where you can get off or like we used to say, a rabbit hole, just going around the rabbit hole, thinking you're trying to find God and you're not finding him. But if you go straight, straight, then you will not go to the left or the right like Eli, uh, uh, Elijah, not Elijah, but uh, uh, I-S-A-H, I think his name. Um, like the prophet said, Isaiah. Like Isaiah says, Neither go to the left nor go to the right. Stick on the road, all right? It says, uh, the 17th verse, Because thou say, I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing, and know not that thou art wretch and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I, this is God speaking, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou may be rich and white raiment, that thou may be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. And the anointed thy eyes with eyes there that you may see. For as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. 
Be jealous, therefore, and repent. You notice he said, listen, stop trying to figure this stuff out. I done told you what to do. This this is the word of God coming forth because I've already have the, I worked this thing out for you. If you walk in my ways, if you will say the things that I say, then you will see those things that can bring you into peace. That's what God is trying to bring you into, peace. And that peace is called shalom, which is a tenfold blessing, or even more sometimes. Then it says, if I love you, I'm going to whoop you. A lot of people don't, oh, no, you don't whoop me. Don't chastise me. This, look, we need, no, it's either God's way or no way. I have people that accuse me of that sometimes. It's either my way or no way. God trained me. And it was so funny because, like, when I first heard that, I was at church, and this lady prophesied. Her name was Billy, let me see, Bobby, Bobby Smith. She's a prophetess. And her sister is Nathodia. If I mess your name up, Nathodia Smith, <laughs> forgive me. I just mess up people's names. But anyway, her sister prophesied to me, and she said that God said that you're hard-headed. And I said, God ain't told her that. And God spoke to me, and down on my knees I went. He said, I made you that way, so that way nobody will knock or shake the word out of you. God creates the people he wants to create in charge of his army. And you will not change one way or the other because you know what you're supposed to be doing. So here it is. It says, God will whoop you. That's what it says. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door. And what I tell you, door means knowledge. And knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come unto him. Remember I said, he's in me. He's around me. He surrounds me. That's what he wants. He wants to be in you. He doesn't want to control you. He wants to be in you to give you understanding, knowledge. All right? Then he said, and we'll sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcomes. This is a, it's nothing but a test. I keep trying to tell y'all. Finish the test, you'll be blessed. Just keep failing the test, you got to keep going over and over, and the devil keep putting uh, oil on that pole, and you to keep sliding back over and over again. To him that overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcome and sit down with my father in his throne. He that has ear, let him hear what the spirit, or the word spirit means understanding, says unto the church. Who is the church? We're the church. We're the body of believers. And as we listen to what the word says, we'll get understanding. You may not get it in the beginning, but God will start to interpret it through his spirit. That spirit is to give you understanding. And as you look through that, then you'll find out what God's doing, what God's plan is, and only a, a little bitty spot is all you're going to know, a little bitty spot. It's like playing with, uh, playing with a jigsaw puzzle. You got a little bitty spot, you can't figure it out. But when you see the whole thing put together, that's what makes the difference. And because of that, that's what bless you. Now, let's look at uh, Revelation, the fourth chapter, first verse. When will we know that the uh, 
apocalypse is started. This will how you will know. So until that time, just because of the virus, that ain't it. Just because of the riots, that is not it. Just because Israel became a nation, that's not it. I keep trying to tell you, that is just the beginning of birth pain. If you talk to any woman, she can tell you the baby don't come out right away. You got to go through something, morning sickness and stuff, pain. I don't know what all they go through, but I'm glad, God, that I'm the man. <laughs> and it said, the fourth chapter in the first verse, after this, I looked and behold, the door, door, understanding, this is what door means, knowledge, okay, was opened in the heaven. And the first verse I heard was it as a trumpet talking with me, which says, come up hither, and I will show these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, understanding, and behold, the throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. He that set was to look upon like a jasper or a sort of stone. There was a rainbow around uh, the throne in like uh, sight, like as an emerald. And round about the throne was twenty, and uh, there was four and twenty seats. And upon the seat I saw four and twenty elders. You notice it talks about the seat first, then it tells you about the twelve elders. And there's a reason for that. Sitting clothed in white raiment, which means uh, the Hebrew word zedak, which means righteous, and they had on their heads crown of gold. Now, the word crown is another Hebrew word. As I told you, the Hebrew alphabet explains a lot. It really does if you get an understanding. So what does crown mean? It means will. It means your will. Here these are 24 wills that are sitting under the, under the throne of Jesus Christ. They will be your judges. They will judge you. Twelve of them are the Old Testament and twelve are the New Testament. The Old Testament is the children of Israel. The New Testament is the apostles. What does apostle mean? It's one who's been sent to do a, uh, uh, an assignment. I was saying, the Lord, when he sent me, he gave me an assignment to teach faith. That was my assignment, and it still is. And I'm teaching people over and over again how to operate in the word of God and how the word operates. It is a kingdom made by a king that is, his knowledge is so far past us, we can't even begin to think. We can't even begin to imagine. But he set this kingdom up for his pleasure. A lot of people get this wrong. They think God God is here for our pleasure. No, he sent us here for his pleasure. And the more you go back and read the Old Testament and the promises and the, and the uh, Proverbs, the more you will understand. All right? If you have to read the uh, things 24 times, don't just stop with 23. Read it the 24 times, okay? It says, let's see here. The fourth verse, well, let's go down to the fifth verse. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and they were, uh, there were seven uh, lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. 
as I told you, the Bible interprets itself. We just don't have all the interpretation right now. Now, there are some Bibles that have them, and you'd have to have the book of Enoch to interpret. Well, it's not in our Bible, so we don't believe in it. Doesn't matter. I'm trying to tell you what you need to do. And the book of Jubilee, very important. It gives you more knowledge. I can tell you the seven spirits of God, what that meant. The seven spirits of God are the seven angels that are on the book of Revelation. What we already read about the seven churches. That's why he said, I will move your lampstand. I will move your candlestick. What it was, he'll move the knowledge of that angel who's operating over you that are from heaven trying to help you and let you try to do it by yourself. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. All right. I'm giving you a chance now. Anybody else got any questions or anything? Any comments? You can push number one on your phone, and that'll open you up to the broadcast. Okay, I'll give you a minute or two. I'm going to go back and explain that uh, the fifth chapter, I mean the fifth verse there, or the fourth chapter in the fifth verse. Out of the throne proceeded lightning, thunder, and voices. What does that mean? Vibrations, frequencies, and sound. I'm telling you over and over, the Bible always interprets itself. The Bible will explain itself, but you have to take time to study it. How do you study it? Just read it. You ain't got to memorize it. Just read it. You're like a computer. How many times you have to program a computer to remember something? You let it be there. It don't think. It will come when you need it to push a certain button. Like now, I'm really surprised about what the world is like. All you have to do is say a uh, word, Google, and the phone comes on for you. And it'll, it'll talk to you, interact with you. But it's not a human. And our mind is quicker than the computer is. But people don't know that because we only use 5%. And that's it. Those are the geniuses. There's 95% you're not using. But once you cross over, I'm telling you, once you cross over into the heavens, then all of a sudden it's clear. Your mind is so fast, as fast as you can think. You don't speak in heaven. As fast as you're thinking, the answer is coming. It's it's a wonderful place that we're going to be at. And only there for a short time. People, I can't wait to get to my mansion and stuff. I'm going to tell you, your mansion is not in heaven. You're going to be living here on the earth. That's why it says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven, the old earth will roll up and be destroyed by fire. You won't be living there. You'll be living here. And God, that's why we have the book of Revelation. Revelation means to reveal. And it reveals it as you read toward the end. All right. I'm trying to give you all a chance to to, uh, chime in. Uh, Do you have anything you want to say, uh, Dorothy? Not at the moment. Okay. Deborah, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, Rhonda? 
Okay. Now, saying Rhonda has joined us now. And so try to give everybody a chance because the more you speak, the more is written in the book. And that book is going to be the one that's going to bless you or curse you. Um, okay, let me keep on going here. The uh, sixth verse, and it says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Now, if you notice, people always ask, are there any help? Is there any animals in heaven? It just told you it is. There are animals in heaven. And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast was like a calf. The third beast had the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the fourth beast had each had six wings above them. And they were full of eyes within and rested not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now, when it says, we Lord have a we God. have a question. Okay. Area eight one six. Your mic is open. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Hi. Right. Um. Okay. I know that Jesus. The word says that Jesus came to heal the. I know. I'm off topic again. I followed it. To heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. Can you help me understand? some of the different aspects of brokenheartedness. Because I think it's got to be a lot deeper than just the obvious. Right. In fact, when it talks about heal the brokenhearted, it's talking about the fractured personalities. A lot of times when people have been hurt, it can be a car accident, it can be uh, physical, somebody done beat them, it can be emotional, they can, and in not all cases, they can split off into have more than one personality. I dealt with a, a person that had 21 different personalities. What God wants to do, he wants to heal those different personalities to where they become one again. That's why when we uh, start doing deliverance, we try to find out how many personalities are in there and try to get those personalities healed. Now, there's several ways of getting them healed. Some, you can make friends with it. Sometimes you can make other parts to make friends with it. In other words, here's John and Judy in the same person. John has an anger issue. Judy has a a heartbroken issue. In other words, forever being emotionally destroyed, feeling down, receiving uh, criticism and then letting them bother you. I told my daughters when they were little the, and my sons, uh, be like a duck. Let the water roll off your back. When people want to insult you and talk bad about you and stuff, be like a duck. Let it roll off your back because if you don't, you'll be hurting. You're the one that's uh, crying. You're the one who's feeling mad and everything. And as I say, this parts can. I ain't saying it will. It can fracture off and make another person. And here's the weird part about it. That person can split off and have another person. 
So when it says Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, he come to mend those broken parts back together again. Did I answer your question? Is there are there any examples of of that specific kind of emotional healing that Jesus did? Well, all the healings that we can find right now is in the book of Psalms. Everything that you need is in the book of Psalms when it comes down to healing. That's why Psalms 103 and Psalms 107. Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us rejoice together. This poor man cried. Hear me? This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles. That's why Psalms 18 and Psalms 19 are good to read. And believe it. That's why you got to put your faith in that the word will work. If you work the word, the word will work for you. All right. Did I answer your question? Yeah. That's okay. Just a second. I need you to tell me again the cha- the verse the chapters in Psalms one. What, uh, what Psalms, Psalms one hundred three, Psalms one hundred seven, Psalms thirty four. As I say, usually the Bible has parts in there that in the at the beginning of the Bible and says, if you if you feel sorry, read this one. If you feel angry, read this one. And so those are the things you kind of look up for whatever situation you're going through. Okay. All right. Be blessed. Okay. Anyone else have any questions or comments? Okay, let me... Read this. We're getting ready to close soon. This is um, the ninth verse, fourth chapter in the ninth verse. It says, And when the beast gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sit on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him in that live forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. He didn't create he didn't create the, the, uh, us for, for us to be his pleasure. He created us to be his pleasure. And if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find that. For thy pressure they are and were created. Now, if you notice, everything that you talk about here, you'll hear it says give a glory, honor, and thanks as three. And when it says that they uh, they worship and everything, and they say forever and ever, and cast down their crowns and stuff, you'll notice it talks about three. That's why the, tra- the, the Trinity is, is real. You know, people say, I don't believe in the Trinity. No, it can't doesn't matter what you believe in, it's what the word says. But you got to take your time and read it. Don't be in a hurry trying to prove your point. Read it. Convince yourself first what it says. 
then you can help somebody else. All right. And then this, the 11th verse again, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Vibration, frequency, sound. Well, I don't see it that way. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you how the kingdom operates. All right? For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure are and was created. So we'll get ready to close. And just remember that we are not in the book of Revelation where it is about the horsemen yet. We're still in the birth pain. How long can it be before the revelation will start? It can happen overnight. God can fulfill prophecy like that because there is no time in heaven. So remember. We have someone with their hand up. Okay. Eric, uh, your mic is open. Hi, Pastor Vivian. Can you explain more uh, about the sound frequency and vibration? Okay. Good question. Okay. When it talks about it's uh there is nothing that's here on this earth that is not without any of that. We're actually all matter. The chair you sit in, it's vibrating. Okay? What you miss if God stopped saying anything, the vibration would stop and everything would cease to exist. So because you're speaking life, and vibration is life. It is uh, what they call matter. You cannot destroy matter. Matter cannot be destroyed. That's why when he says that you'll be with me forever, that's because God cannot be destroyed. He cannot die. And he wants us to be like him. So let's talk about vibration first. Vibration is a movement of of molecules in the air. That's what you learn when you're going to to, uh, school about biology, vibration. Frequency is a tune that is keeping those parts together, keeping it from falling. So uh, to give you an example, the air that you breathe is forever vibrating, and it vibrates at a certain frequency. And that's how we make noise. Uh, if you play an instrument or anything, you'll find that as you move your fingers up and down the instrument or how you move your lip around, you're changing the frequency, which changes the noise. Now, God's word is made of, of frequency, sound, and vibration. When you use the words and stuff according with the power, See, God don't just trust everybody with power. That's why he said, go to the upper room and wait till you be endued with power. But as you receive the power, you understand that you're not in control of it. God is. God is in control. That's why I love that song, God is in control. But as you start to operate in it, God will give you more faith to operate in certain things. And that's why we... uh. That's why when we operate in the spirit realm, we operate in those three rules of the kingdom. And those rules is what brings things to pass. 
Did I answer your question? Yes. Uh-oh. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Dorothy? What happened? Yes. Oh, okay. For some reason, phone started ringing here. All right. Did I answer her question? Yes. I think so. All right. She says yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm getting ready. Close. And uh, uh, as I said, we're not on Fridays anymore. I'm starting to have Bible teaching at the church again, and we are doing deliverance at the church on Sundays. We start at 12 o'clock, and we're open until we try to help as many people as we can. We're located at 9623 East Independence Avenue, Independence, Missouri. Uh, The name of the church is Mount Washington Baptist Church. It's the last one on top of the hill. There's uh, big churches up there. You had to go to Mount Washington Baptist Church and come around to the back of the church because there's three other churches in there. So until next week, do you have any questions, Dorothy? No, I'm good. Okay, and then uh, we'll start from, I said next week, I mean the week after, so we can start again where we left off this time. And remember, the Lord loves you. He wants to have his face shine upon you. He wants to give you the best so that you can worship him in happiness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, be blessed. You want to go ahead and pray for us, uh, Dorothy? I'm not I'm not breathing well. You could do it okay. this week. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne room, We're asking for people to be blessed going in, blessed going out, being the head and not the tail, understanding what the word says, that they may be blessed, that they'll understand that the kingdom was made for your pleasure, Father, and we're part of the kingdom, and that we're supposed to please you. And as we please you, we'll plant seeds, and that seed will get into other brothers and sisters in the kingdom, and they'll start to bring forth fruit some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Even some scriptures even said 120-fold. And we want to do those things. We want you to be so happy with us that when you, when we wake up in the morning, that we'll have a smile on our face and be praising the God who created us, the one who created all creation. Father, we give your son praise. We give him worship. We give him thanks because of all the things he's done by speaking those things into existence and the Holy Spirit bringing them forth. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your will, Father, which is called Kiefer. We're thanking you that he, that, that crown is the thought that you have for us that we may please you. <laughs> Father, we carefully give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say amen. Amen. I'll talk to you later. Then. Have a blessed day. You have a blessed evening, Pastor James. Okay. Good night. All right. Good night. <laughs>